0: Hello and welcome everyone to the
1: JRPG Report. My name is James Fisher. This is going to be episode 113 for your listening pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in this week and every week to your only every single week JRPG News podcast. Of course, we are family friendly. So gather everyone around or huddle in a corner by yourself on the headphones. It matters not to me. We've got a ton of great stories for you guys this week as, um, some big things kind of came out of nowhere. We'll get to that in just a minute. Um, I guess I've got kind of more, um, a greater number of stories as I've stumbled upon a very good website. Maybe you guys knew about it already, but I did not. Um, And I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but it's siliconera.com. S-I-L-I-C-O-N-E-R-A.com. And so they kind of cover a multitude of things, but one of those is definitely... Um, our beloved JRPGs and some of the culture that goes around it. So I've got a couple cool articles from them this week as well. And I'll be certainly using them as a source going forward. Typically I usually stick stick to my guns and go over to Gamatsu as they are pretty consistent on a bunch of good stuff and then reporting it to you guys. But... Right after last week's podcast, the next day, completely out of left field, we had not heard about this. And yes, I know this is not a traditional JRPG by any stretch, but it definitely has a lot of those elements and is a series that has a longstanding tradition. And that is a new Paper Mario game. This one is called the Origami King for the Switch. And while this is the very first we've heard about it, Guys, this one's coming out really soon. It'll launch on July 17th. That is a worldwide launch. Nintendo did a really good job keeping this one under wraps for so long. And so this one definitely has that origami theme to it. It is kind of taken uh, to every level. You really should check out the trailer for it. I've got it over on our YouTube page, as well as a link to it on Facebook. Um, it's one of those things that you really need to see in action, but I will tell you about what you can't see in those videos. And this, of course, is a new paper-crafted Mario adventure. The kingdom has been ravaged by an origami menace. Join Mario and his new partner, Olivia, as they battle the evil folded soldiers, repair the damaged landscape, and try to free Princess Peach's castle from the clutches of King Ollie in this comedy-filled adventure only on the Nintendo Switch. Mario and Luigi receive an invitation from Princess Peach to attend an origami festival and Hurley. They excitedly hurry to Toad Town, but some things I miss. After investigating the eerie empty town, the duo finds a fearsome and folded Princess Peach, she has been turned into origami by King Ollie. Rule of the Origami kingdom. With five giant streamers under his control, King Ollie binds Princess Peach's castle and, and transports it to a distant mountain as part of his plan to refold the world. On his journey to liberate Peach's castle and repair the ravaged paper landscape, Mario meets Olivia, King Ollie's sister, and the two join forces to put a stop to Ollie's origami onslaught. Even Bowser falls victim to Ollie's plot his minions are, fold, are turned into Folded Soldiers and betray their Koopa King, forcing him to ally with Mario and Olivia. Battle the Folded Soldiers in ring-based battles that challenge you to strategically line up enemies to maximize damage. At a battle, Mario can use the arm-extended 1,000-fold arms ability in order to, uh, to reach specific spots and interact with the landscape. To peel, pull. Hit and more. Uh, Like I said, it's definitely one of those ones that you want to see kind of in action to see the beauty of it. Um, It has that classic Nintendo and Paper Mario feel to it, but kind of a new uh, fresh coat of paint on it and with that new aesthetic with the origamis. Um, One reason in particular why I bring this game up is... uh, Honestly, it's for my fondness for Paper Mario: a Thousand Year Door for the GameCube. I adored that game. And while this one has some of those same elements, that game had a pretty, you know, a Nintendo spin on, but a, a much more uh, JRPG bow system to it. This one does not appear to be, but it does appear to be completely new. And so, at least from the one very small snippet that that you get of the battle system Mario is kind of in the center of this giant ring and it still has that crowd aesthetic to it that they've always had in the battles where you have a crowd all around you they cheer you on and, and kind of pump you up and give you some bonuses but the enemies are lined up uh, going outwards in a ring fashion and you can manipulate how each little ring turns so let's see you have four enemies but they're not all lined up. You can kind of adjust these different rings. Think of like the rings of Saturn that go out, although it looks like one big ring. it's actually smaller rings put together. I think you have so many turns that you can turn these rings. And if you can get them all lined up, well then, you know, your attack, you could hop, you know, bounce, 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 bounce all in a row. And that's literally all we know about it. Um, They've kind of kept at least that part under wraps a little bit more. The game looks incredibly fun. It shows a bunch of different locations that they're going to be visiting. Um, one of those is kind of a, a distant, think like a Persian castle in the middle of the desert. Um, they show one scene in particular that um, Mario was driving up a sailboat around and it very much gave me the feel of wind waker. Um, you know, if you're not a fan of wind waker, then you wouldn't think that was all that cool, but uh, I definitely enjoyed that game. So, um, part of his travels, Mario will go around the mushroom kingdom and the surrounding areas, including a sea palace and the aforementioned Arabian inspired city as Peach's speeches. Castle has been wrapped up and taken away with paper tape, Mario needs to retrieve all the paper tape in order to reach King Ollie and his princess. Uh, What are your thoughts on this one? Are you excited about it? Are you kind of as shocked as most of the world was when it was announced? Um, Don't have to wait long. I mean, July 17th will be here before you know it. I have a feeling, um, and we've seen bits and pieces of these over the past little bit, and we're going to see a bunch more. These were the type of things that were going to be coming out either at E3 or around it. All these big announcements were planned. You know, we've got this game ready to roll. Uh, there's been a trend in the past a little bit that's like, okay, here's a game you didn't know about. It's coming out real soon. Here's a game you didn't know about. It's available right now. Go download it. Um, so in order to kind of beat that, We've definitely have seen some things pop up. Of here it goes, you know, get ready for this one now because uh, it's going to be here before you know it. And a much, much needed switch title as here in uh, nine more days. As of this recording, it's May the twentieth. We're going to have Zanbley Chronicles Definitive Edition. Woohoo! Um, and now with this Paper Mario title, there has been kind of that definite slowdown on Switch titles as Nintendo has no reason to think it's at the end of its life cycle. It is selling extremely well. Last I heard, you could only find the, um, switch light. It was hard to find the original models in stock. Um, obviously animal crossing has been a phenomenal success for them, but in terms of power, it's certainly reaching the end of its lifespan. But from a sales standpoint, it would be almost kind of foolish to move on from it. So uh, they've got some choices to make. You've got that Breath of the Wild sequel somewhere down the line, but Nintendo's going to have to do some addressing here fairly soon, especially with these new consoles set to come out this holiday season. Uh, speaking of, oh man, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. I am so excited for this one. Um, I can't wait to get back into that world. And um, from everything I've heard now, this is just, you know, online people talking. People said that the first Xenoblade was better. And as much as I loved Xenoblade 2, that makes me incredibly excited to play this one finally. Um, if you're trying to get yourself hyped up for if you don't know anything about it, Guess what? Sunday special, me and Jordan are going to be talking all about, uh, what we loved about part two and what to look forward to in this definitive edition. We're going to record that one in a couple days. And, uh, <laughs> unless the internet goes out, we'll have something for you guys on Sunday. So Nintendo detailed some of the, um, Things you can look forward to, and some things about the game. In particular, the future connected um, extra content that we're going to be getting. They're saying that you can complete that in about ten to twelve hours, if you play just the story part alone. If you try to do everything, you're probably looking at it about twenty hours. This was all revealed on the latest issue of Weekly Famitsu. Um, the director, Tetsuya. Takahashi said that it, while it would have been possible to make it longer, it would have had to have been a paid DLC to do that, i.e. with uh, the Torna expansion that came out for the Empire Chronicles 2, that, that this was as much extra content as they were, I guess, willing to do for free. <laughs> um, everybody knows what you're willing to do for free and what's going to cost people. This is kind of the same. Same deal. He also said that um, anything more than that would have affected too many resources. And so they go into detail about that, that Maldisov's first production staff was divided into three sections. One section to work on this game, one part to work on a new title, and one to work on both. Seems a little bit odd that it would be broke up like that been a lot of speculation about what that next title is going to be there's a lot of uh different camps of uh (laughs) xenoblade fans and so the one section of them want to see Xenosaga remaster we talked about this before it didn't pass the profitability test so that's not going to happen I don't think they own the rights to Xenogears anymore, so I don't think we're getting anything in that aspect. So the other two camps are, are we going to get a Xenoblade Chronicles X remaster? Are we going to get an X2? Or are we going to get a brand new Xenoblade Chronicles 3 game? That's yet to be announced, and we'll see. But they're obviously, as he said, that one of these groups has been working on a new title more than likely in this universe he also said that while character graphics were not the best in the original version they have been improved and that's pretty obvious as if you look at the uh, especially if you look at those comparison type videos it's pretty drastic he said this is since this is a remaster molosoff was unable to re-record all the music with an orchestra instead they improved the quality and rearranged it. And the data compression has been better migrated and sound quality more enhanced compared to Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Hopefully, they have figured out how to not get that giant world pop-in that uh, you would get fairly often on uh, on XC2. XC, um, there'd be plenty of times that you would have just a kind of a giant gray world without any textures to it and all of a sudden it would kind of like boop okay here's your whole world to play (laughs) so i'm hoping we don't get too many of those obviously that's also a limitation of the switch's hardware we kind of understand and the cartridges that it's based off of so anybody chronicles 2 will be here in just a few more days on may the 29th leave us a comment if you're watching on youtube or uh, on all of our social channels if you are as looking forward to this game as I am. One well, final Xenoblade Chronicles a bit of news. Over the past couple days on Twitter, Monolith Soft has introduced a group they're calling the Pawn Spectres. <laughs> this is a group of nopin that have been surveying the unknown lands on the Balance's shoulder that players will get to visit in the new future connected episode. Uh, these fun can be found throughout the shoulder region. They'll ask for help from Shulk and Mila as with certain tasks. By completing their request, they'll join your team in battle. So you look for them whenever possible. Um, the one video I saw of it, there was a whole group of them that kind of came out in some big group attack uh, <laughs> during the one scene. So you'll definitely want to help, help these guys out work. you see them at I know a couple people are excited to hear this one Um, following the Xbox One launch in April, Fancy Star Online 2 will be coming to PC via the Microsoft Store very, very soon that's right, just one more week it'll be out on May the 27th in North America, Sega announced it will feature cross-platform play with the Xbox One version um, in a release, team head of marketing Fred White said, we're thrilled to announce the long-awaited arrival on PC of PSO2. There was a loud and passionate PC vampace that had been waiting, waiting patiently for this North American version. We can't wait to welcome them in. There will be long bonuses waiting for them with more surprises planned in the coming month. I would have to guess, and this is pure speculation, but I would tend to bet there was more people wanting a PC version of it than uh, the April launched Xbox One. Just my uh, two cents worth in there. A game I'm pretty much resigned to never play, Dragon Quest 10 will have its version 5.2 update on June the. 3rd. 3rd Square Enix announced the Japan only game for PS4, Switch, and PC. This v- version two, 5.2 will feature the main stories The King's Coronation, new sub the new field Topol Village, new characters such as Tyria, new monsters such as the Dark Harpy, a renovated Master Orb system, increased level, special skill points, and experience caps. And more. Ah. I mean, I'm not much for MMOs to begin with. But it's Dragon Quest. So it's always something I wanted to play. Um, just not going to get a chance to. That's the way it goes with some of these. Uh, also, a game getting a delay. That is going to be that mobile game. Kingdom Hearts Dark Road. The Kingdom Hearts game within a game. <laughs> for Union X. On iOS and Android, um, somebody probably looked at the calendar and said, hey guys, remember that uh, game that was supposed to come out in spring of this year? Well, um, spring is quickly uh, fading away, it's starting to feel like summer some days. I don't think we're going to make it. <laughs> and indeed, it will not. Um, they say due to current conditions, development has been delayed. We apologize for the late update. They're trying to find some means of making a spring release. Uh, another announcement will be coming in early June. So, yeah, I don't think they're going. It was just a spring 2020. and is now just unannounced. Sounds like they're trying to make it happen. But, uh, yeah, spring ends, what, June 21st or whatever. So, doesn't look like they're quite going to get that one in there. We got some information on Mary Skelter Finale. This is on the game's Before Story system. Here's some of the details via their website. They say, if Mary Skelter Finale is your first time playing a game in the series, then worry not. With the Before Story feature, you can view the full story of the series at any time. This is for Nightmares, Mary Skelter Nightmares and Mary Skelter 2 if you want to catch up On those, you can select those at any time. And I say, of course, if you've already played those two, you can also just view them for the scenes if you would like to, again. It is noted that the characters are not voiced in this before story events. Tales of Crestoria fans were treated to not one, but two new trailers for two of their characters this week. Uh, Last week, we got uh, Kanata... And Masella. this week we got Vicious and Aegis, 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 A-E-G-I-S, not quite sure how they're uh, pronouncing it for this one, but uh, first for Vicious, he's the great transgressor, his blood sin is endless torment, he's a male. Of unknown age, although he appears to be 22, six foot tall, he's ambidextrous. He appears in the great, uh, in the main story, rather. <laughs> so he's widely known as the Great Transgressor, Vicious is feared and despised the world over. He possesses a devil-may-care attitude and believes that people should live their lives as their whims guide them. He crosses paths with and rescues those, rescues the condemned Kanata and Macella. In search of a certain place. He possesses the unique ability to unlock people's blood sins. So that's a cool trailer to go along with him. And quite opposite of him is the character Aegis. Let's just say that. He is the knight commander of Medigal. His blood sin is Wavering Heart. He's a male, aged 18, stands at five foot 8 left-handed. He also appears in the main story a handsome man of impeccable character who serves as the night commander of Medigal. His obsession with righteousness borders on obstinacy. Placing full faith in the judgments of the vision orb, he pursues Kanata and his companions relentlessly. Kind of sounds like the, uh, good guy tasked with getting the bad guys who sees the light and realizes the errors of uh, the system that he's pledged his life to. Not that uncommon in JRPGs, but does seem like a pretty pretty cool character. Both trailers are available over on our YouTube page. You can check that out any time, as well as Facebook and Twitter as well, JRPG Report. And they kinda waited till the last moment on this one, but Tales of Festival twenty twenty has been delayed. It was originally going to go on June 13th to 14th. Um, that has been postponed all the way until March 6th and 7th of next year. So they're saying we're not even going to mess with this anytime soon. I'm in a way, I'm kind of just surprised they didn't cancel it for this year and say, okay, next June, let's just try it again in 2021, maybe do some sort of digital event, but no, they're, there's no digital. It is a, of course, this is a, a big gathering, so that it wouldn't really be much as much sense to do it digitally. However, I'm surprised they just didn't cancel it altogether. And it's going to be kind of weird having a festival in March and then another one in June. But, hey, that's the way it's going to be for the Tales of Festival. I was kind of looking forward to that this year because we usually do get some sort of tidbit of knowledge from that event but i kind of feel like as well we're going to get that pretty soon with tales of arise one way or another we certainly kind of we kind of need to um a very cool event is going to be going on on june the 23rd and they're calling this the new game plus expo this is a collaborative initiative of 14 video game publishers based in north america and japan this will be a digital presentation featuring dozens of games including new title on right announcements and live gameplay demos on June 23rd. So we'll air via Twitch at 8am um, Pacific Time 11am Eastern Time First Looks Q&A sessions and then more an hour later. The full showcase will be archived on the New Game Plus Expo YouTube channel after the live stream ends. Um, some big ones that you may have heard of that we would know of. of uh, uh, Access Games, Arc System Works America, Gung Ho Online Entertainment, Idea Factory International, Koei Tecmo America, NIS America, Sega of America, SNK Corporation, and Spike Chunsoft Inc., So there's a bunch of people that are very excited to be a part of this. I dare say this might be a good opportunity for some of these smaller ones to kind of get their name out there and get, uh, you know, they don't get the limelight as much. They don't have like those giant marketing (laughs) budgets, but um, also possible. If you heard that, I had NIS America in there. This could be a kind of good opportunity to more nail down a solid release date hint hint cold steel 4 hint hint winds y's nine coming to the west guys you're going to have the stage again go for it the world will be watching ah uh, seems seems like a good time so let's go ahead and take our midway break we'll be right back with the second half of episode 113 the jrpg report All right, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you so much for listening this weekend. Every week, you guys are awesome. Of course, don't forget, like on Facebook, follow on Twitter. Like and subscribe. We do daily JRPG videos over on YouTube, so if you don't want to search all over the place, just go right there and have them hand-delivered right to you. Our website is up and running. It's got uh, all... Well, not all of them, but it's got... (laughs) Think going back to episode 90 of of our podcast on there, as well as links to YouTube. Um, If you'd like to be a supporter of this podcast, that would be incredibly awesome. You can find the link to do that at the bottom of the description. Or, if you'd like to go on Patreon, we are on there now. So just search JRPG Report, and that should pop you up if you'd like to be cool. I haven't got that kind you know, all set up as far as, like, levels, and and I haven't really figured out how that's going to work, if at all. So we'll just, uh, say thank you if you decide to go that route. Um, I got a funny story to tell. Um, it has been quite the JRPG year so far, and it's only going to get better, so got I think about 40 hours into Persona 5 Royal. And then FF7 Remake came out, so I dropped it. Went went back to it. Foo-3 Remake. Loved it. Back to Royal. And I think I've got another 40 in. So I'm right about 80 hours into it right now. And I just got through the most frustrating uh, palace in the game. And without ruining it for too many people... I, saying that, I I believe you know what I'm talking about. Let's just say it has a space theme to it. It is what I would call the water temple of Persona 5 Royal. Uh, it's, you would think it would be so much fun, and it just turns into annoying. And then you get to the last boss fight. And... I've been cruising right along this game just fine. Haven't really had any issues. Haven't needed to grind any. I get to the last boss fight, and there's a time limit. So boss fights can take a while. And there's a 30-minute limit, which sounds like plenty of time. Well, let me tell you, the first time I fought, I didn't make it. <laughs> I uh, It has some unique mechanics to it, and I died. Okay frustrating um and so it does allow you to go back to the beginning of the fight thankfully you don't have to go through all the dialogue and all that nonsense um the the run to get there right second time through uh, they do some crazy um crazy sequence and this game not all games are like this but in persona 5 If your main character, if Joker dies, you're dead. It's part, you know, it's game over. And uh, I think that happened the second time. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, why I hit the timeline the first time was because they've got a mechanic in there where you've got to defeat... um, The boss brings out his minions and you have to defeat them all basically at once. It can't just be you weld them down. If you don't defeat... I'd say all four at the same time, they will, uh, regenerate and you'll have to start over. I didn't have the right party makeup. You in this fight, you have to use every member of your party. Pretty much. It it makes you do that in order to, uh, hit their weaknesses. Well, I didn't, I, I either died or, or did something wrong that third time. It took me four tries to do it. And on that fourth try, I think there was about a minute and a half left on the timer when, uh, <laughs> when I finally hit the final blow. Talk about a marathon. It probably took me about two hours to do this final boss fight um, just in this dungeon. I don't recall the final boss being that difficult, but oh man, it was just a marathon. A marathon, well, that's, that is the genre that we play, right? You're going to have some, <laughs> some fun stuff to have to deal with. Back to the news, we got another video from um, Sword Art Online, Alicization Lycoris. This time it focused on the character Venetio, F-A-N-A-T-I-O. Uh, didn't say a whole lot about it, it's it's really short, it's less than a minute. She's the deputy knight leader of the Integrity Knights. Um, if you want to check that out. You know where to go, YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. Uh, The next one will focus on Alice. Um, You will want to check those out and keep posted. I'll let you know when that is uh, was coming. An interesting article. Um, This was from about near Replicants New Editions. This was in Famitsu and they posted this. This is kind of the tidbits of that interview with director Yoko Taro and producer Yosuke Saito. They talk about the game's new additions and its names and goes over what players can expect. Here are the highlights from that. It's kind of short and sweet. Uh, Saito was the one who asked Yoko Taro to come up with a subtitle for this release of New Replicant. Despite Taro only wanting to tout this as a current-gen port of the game, as for the name itself, the reason why he chose it was because the newly added elements aren't enough to make it a version two, as well as another reason not spoiled by Famitsu. When asked whether or not the atmosphere of the original Nier will be present, Taro joked that actually it's the same, as they left it the same. They didn't want, they didn't have. Any money to do anything else. Instead they focused their efforts. On the brand new. Content. Dear Replicant Version. I'll go ahead and say this for you one time. This is like reading Pi. 1.22474487139. Dot dot dot. Is being developed by Toy Logic. And development of the action comment Is being advised by Platinum Games. Uh takahashi takahashi taro so the gameplay will feel good for fans of near automata the music for near revclint has been upgraded to have more live orchestral parts and some tracks have been lengthened the new content has new tracks composed for it that said recording has been affected by the coronavirus pandemic This uh, Near Replicant is development for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Near Gasalt and Near Replicant first released for PS3 and Xbox 360 way back in 2010. If you're looking for a special gift for the persona lover in your life, um, there are some new character inspired fragrances that have come out. Atlas is once again teaming up with character fragrance design makers Primatix to add more to the Persona collection. Uh, this time they'll have four characters, starting with the female protagonist of Persona 3 Portable, um, Rotario and Nako Jojima from Persona 4, and Persona 5's Royals, Violet. You can check out the packaging in a... I think, yeah, I linked this on the Facebook and uh, Twitter page, so you can check out those images. They are um, <laughs> they are unique, to say the least, and it's got the link that you can order it from their online website. <laughs> uh, for Dojima, it is a smoky and musky note that goes along with it while of... Uh, Nantico's is sweet and fruity, of course. Okay. They said violet and that is, um, in the West. That is our Kasumi. And she has a floral ozone note, uh, personal note. Uh, Kasumi is absolutely every bit as adorable as me and Dalton made her out to be. And, um, is a perfect addition to Royal to say the least. Uh, Genshin Impact. First, we got a new trailer. Uh, this is on the uh, the spicy chef, Zhang Ling. Uh, she was already detailed on the website, but now a trailer has emerged with her in combat. In addition to trying to make her latest dish, the most marvelous multicolored super pancake. And she also shows off some of her... Uh, special skills as well she has a fire elemental so so in lots of fire obviously she's a chef so makes sense that she uh, <laughs> uh takes advantage of that fire ability but what's really interesting is for Genshin Impact there is a final closed beta coming up here very soon this is for PS4 PC, iOS, and Android, and it will happen sometime in the third quarter of 2020. Users can um, register that via the MiHoYo website. Just Google Genshin Impact, and it'll, uh, it'll bring that up for you. I did sign up for this one successfully. I don't think I actually was able to do that previously. I tried to sign up for some of these betas before. And I never got as far along as I did this time. So hopefully. I'll pick. They'll pick me for PS4. And I can stream some of this stuff for you. So you can really see exactly what I've been. Talking about. Um, now this final closed beta will test. The cross platform cooperative modes. Which will allow. All four systems to play together. That's a very cool feature. Uh, PS4 and PC. iOS and Android devices. All working together. And. Um, I think this also paves the way although no release date has come out yet just 2020 if this beta goes well and let's say this is in you know early third quarter you know like July things go well there's no reason to believe why this game can't be coming out fairly soon and we would uh I'd be the first to let you know when that goes on, I'll give you some feedback if they do select me for this open beta. That would be pretty cool. I've got some Atelier news, and this is more, not necessarily news, but uh, an article that came out um, apparently back in March. Uh, Gus Studio was relocated for the first time since its creation to a new location in Yokohama. Uh, and As a farewell, they talked to some of the series artists um, it for Gust and for the Atelier series, they really place an emphasis on the artists that do the creation for these characters. Um, here are some of the highlights from that interview: um, that there is a an office that's soundproofed where all the artists would work, and the Gust staff would usually just leave the artist alone in there <laughs> while they worked. That kind of, um, just leave them alone and let them do their things, right? Um, all the Atelier series character designers have darn at Gus Company offices, and they've gone through a phase where they felt they were unsuited to be the character designer for the series. A um, person named Hadari had to ask advice from Gashida Mel when he was president for another project, while Tori only finally got some confidence after taking the first step. And drawing some rough designs. For no, she was more feeling the pressure by meeting up to expectations, but fortunately, it was slightly better for him as the character designer duties were split between him and Yugen. Gus' Atelier series is a rare case where character designs are put at the forefront of game projects, including appearing at stage events. According to Hoso, this wasn't always the case before, but rather a change was made during the PlayStation 3 era in order to give more focus on the creators, including character designers. It all started with Atelier Verona, also the game that I got into the series with, but Koshisita Mel was more talented when it came to being an entertainer than expected. When asked what sorts of games the character designers want to see in the future from Gust, um... Noko said that she wants to Gus to create a darker Atelier game, while Torimondo wants to see a sci-fi game. Hadari mentioned that the Dusk subseries was conceived to be completely changed the impression of the Atelier series, and as part of this, he drew some darker-themed and Japanese-themed concept art. However, that concept didn't end up coming to fruition, leading to the Dusk series that we know Today, kind of felt like all, all the rest of them. To be quite, quite honest. Um. So yeah, I think they tried to do something darker there for a minute, but it didn't really turn out. That could be an interesting, interesting twist for the series. But yeah, they've moved studios. Finally, got a new, new place. I'd say with some of the successes of Riza, that uh, hopefully Gust and the entire studio will continue to grow uh speaking of gust i still have not seen any confirmation from them on this however this is the story that we have right now and i will update it next week if we hear something more the latest issue of Feminsu revealed the new japanese release date for fairy tale the gust developed game Um, This marks the second time that it's been delayed, uh, but this time it'll just be over a month. So its previous release date was supposed to be June 25th, and now the Japanese release has a July 30th delay on it. The first time was from March to June. That first delay was to improve overall quality, more specifically magic effects, some scene effects, balance adjustments, and more. This report did not share why this uh, latest delay was, but if you had to guess, yeah, you know what it was, <laughs> why it was for. Now, this is, like I said, this is only for the Japanese release. It does actually still release, say that the Western release is on track for June 25th, which would be rare. We have seen it before. Um, and maybe, you know, those Japan offices were hit more. I, I, I don't know. It, it, to me, when I first saw it, I thought it was maybe a, just a typo. Obviously, it's a things can happen. Um, and with it only affecting one and not the others, it seems a bit odd. But that's the story that I have. It's, it's developing. It just started today. So not really sure what's going on. But uh, we'll update this one as we get a little more uh, information about it. Uh, If you've been searching for a new background for your Zoom meetings, as we are all, well, not all of us, but I'm sure more than a couple of us have had to do a couple of these Zoom meetings, uh, there are some Kingdom Hearts ones that have come out, four of them in particular, you can get those, by the uh, Square Enix website. Um, if you need some of those, though, I think they've got some others as well. Um, I th- there are some for Final Fantasy VII Remake, as well as a Chocobo theme one, and maybe a Dragon Quest as well. So yeah, if you need some to spice up your backgrounds for those boring Zoom meetings, you can uh, you can do that right now. The latest Humble Bandai Namco Bundle 4 is out now, and it uh, contains two games in particular that I think are pretty well worth it. This is for PC. Um, You can get for pretty cheap Um, they say the Beat the Average, which is currently about $9, you can pick up a bunch of games including Pac-Man 256 Enslaved Slaved Aussie to the West and Get Even, as well as um, .hack slash GU Last Recode, Rad, and Katamari Damazi. Reroll, big fan of the Katamari series. Those are always tons of fun. If you put in the $15 minimum, you'll get Tekken 7 and Tales of Berseria. Excellent value on those. They're, they certainly have been doing some good things for these um, humble bundles. For shores. Um there is a Mughal Treasure Trove hunt going on in Final Fantasy 14. Uh this will be going on for a little while longer. It will fu- function similarly to the Mughal Treasure Trove hunt for solidary, which happened before. Uh, players can participate in duties marked with the Moogle icon to receive irregular tombstones of law. Now, this will be going on for a limited time until the arrival of patch 5.3, which was later delayed. So, you should have plenty of time to get on there and do that. Lastly, uh, GamesCon 2020 will run from August 27th. Until the 30th, of course, that physical version of it has been canceled. This is all now digital. The heart of gaming is the theme uh, for this one. Here's a breakdown of the digital event's four key pillars. Gamescom Now. This is the content hub, successfully launched last year. This will be significantly expanded. It will be the first go-to source for all player all world premieres, news, games, and events. All of the events like GamesCon Opening Night Live can also be seen there. There's also GamesCon Opening Night Live, Awesome Indies, Daily Show, and Best of Show. That Opening Night Live is with Jeff Knightley. And uh, that'll be kind of the kickoff to all of it. There's also the DevCom Digital Conference. 2020, which is a longer-lasting event from August 17th to the 30th. Should be very interesting to see this one going all digital. Um, We always get some sort of news to come out of it. And kind of with all these things going digital now, it is going to make it easier to get into individual hands quickly. We don't have to wait for that, like, lull of somebody finally posting A video or some, you know, somebody's uh, (laughs) phone footage of over the shoulder of somebody playing a game on the demo floor. It's all coming straight to us. The news is going to be delivered straight to us. It's all going to be ready to go already in this format. So it should increase the turnaround on all these things, not only for Gamescom, but for E3 and Tokyo Game Show as well. That's going to do it, guys. That'll wrap up episode 113 of the JRPG Report. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll have more stories for you guys next week. And don't forget, check out our Sunday special, me and Jordan talking all things Xenoblade Chronicles. We'll catch you guys again in a week. Until then, get back out there and level up.